Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as season seven kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about the front page starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA. And then slice into Butler's childhood years, the 90s, with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very, very old. Shut up, Butler. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Host of Crackle and Open with Mike and Elise. A podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every Friday, we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about the history of the beer, what's in it, how it was made, the history of the brewery, along with tasting notes and more fun facts. After that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Kraken When Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to Post Game, presented by Two Player Bros. I'm Mike, and with me, as always, is oh wait, nobody's with me this time. That's right. This is one of the weird episodes we're going to do sporadically uh, throughout the next few weeks, where uh, Dave can't join us because he is unable to due to the amount of hours he works at his other jobs during the holidays. Uh, next week, we will be doing another post game on phasmophobia uh, with original co-host Alex, my brother. So you got that next week. This week, we're just going to do a shorter post game because I don't want to talk to myself for too long. I'm going to tell you about Watch Dogs Legion and my thoughts on the game. I've put quite a few hours into the game now. I have not quite beaten it yet, but I have freed most of the city. I think I have three activities left to do there, and I have completed a decent amount of the story campaign along with recruited and done recruitment missions for quite a few of the civilians around London. So I feel like I've gotten a good feel of the game at this point. So for those of you who don't know, Watchdog Legion is the second, or I guess the first, big open world game that Ubisoft is putting out weeks uh, apart from each other. The other one being Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which came out the other day, which really surprises me that they would put a open world game right next to another open world game. I know that they're completely different time periods and slightly different in terms of how they work. Although all Ubisoft games seem to have the big, you know, faction control kind of portion to them. That's just a kind of running theme with all their open world games from Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, Far Cry, etc. But I think it's surprising and it's mostly due to COVID and the delays in the different games, uh, specifically Watch Dogs Legion. I know got delayed a few times. I have Watch Dogs. We'll get to Valhalla later. I do want to play that on the modern systems. I will say that Watch Dogs Legions, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, I played on Xbox One X. Uh, unlike Dave, I did not win my Series X from Taco Bell, and all attempts to get a Series X uh, during its launch day have failed. I am now trying to get a PlayStation Five. Actually, while I'm recording this, I was uh, right before I recorded this, and probably right after, and maybe even during, I'm refreshing. 
on my phone all the different sites that may or may not have a PlayStation 5. So for those of you who got one of those, congratulations. For those of you who have a Series X, great. I'm going to talk about Watch Dogs as it relates to uh, Xbox One X. So let me get that out of the way first. I guess I'll go over the graphics. The graphics in this game, all of London is realized. And when you're up high on a drone or on a skyscraper, you can really see into the distance of London. And it's pretty impressive how many buildings and how much there is uh, in this smaller city. Uh, It's one of the things I like about this game is the city is not gigantic. The open world can uh, be driven around in probably less than five minutes from back to front, which, you know, I I've never been to London. I would love to. But I imagine London, if there were no cars and it was completely empty, wouldn't be too dissimilar from, you know, probably wouldn't take too long on an open road with absolutely zero people, you know, apocalypse style to drive that far. But it's really impressive how many buildings and how much they've jam packed into this, this very small space. But I mean, it does go up from the top of the skyscrapers to some stuff underground as well. There's the River Thames with some stuff to do as well in there. So in terms of scope, it's really nice. But on the Xbox One X, which I guess is the most powerful of what we have from our current generation, not the uh, next gen that has just come out, which I guess is current gen now. I think we'll probably call it next gen for a while. We called, you know, PS4 and Xbox One next gen for for quite a while. So these, uh, there's a lot of pop-ups on this system. I noticed uh, cars will pop up from, you know, you're halfway up a not too large skyscraper. People and cars will start to pop in from from nowhere. And the distance that you can see the detail and the cars and the people isn't all that impressive. You can tell that there are parts of this game that are built to kind of ooh and awe you. I, I At least I that's the impression I got from rainy puddles all over London, although I know it's always rainy in London. Uh, I feel like a lot of those are meant to be like, ooh, look at those reflections and the uh, the light hitting off of that when you play it on the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox series. So that being said, the pop-in and the draw distance kind of do bother me, but I get that there's, there's so much going on. There's so many people on the street. There are a lot of cars, uh, a lot of destructible items like phone booths and telephone poles and stop signs and street lights and vendors and chairs and just all this life in the city. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it just kind of pops in and out, uh, which I do notice quite often in the game. Other than that, though, like I said, there's tons of people in the city. I'm sure London is somewhat the way it's set up. So there's so many older parts of London and so much of the modern. And it's all just kind of melding. But there are particular sections where it's like, ooh, I don't want to be in this area for too long or I'm not going to get a great car here. Or you go into this richy part and you're going to find a lot of lawyers and, and nice buildings and sports cars. So I think that's really cool and very interesting uh, in terms of the style of the game. The people are all very detailed and all very real. You know, you don't have perfect people or perfect models um, for many of your characters. The one thing I would say is I have noticed a lot of repeat faces as I played the game. I found especially one, the first Albion, who is the villain of the game, the first Albion officer I found, I recruited her. And after that, I found five more of her exact uh, face, skin tone, hair, and outfit uh, across the world. I've actually, as her, arrested or beat her up 
a bunch of times, which I thought was weird. But as much as I say that, I have seen new people as I've played the game as well. Go, oh, I haven't seen that face yet. So that does keep the game pretty fresh. There are tons of outfits um, in the game world to get and wear purchase by purchasing or just recruiting someone who are wearing these outfits. There are a lot of different car types, motorcycle types, uh, industrial and professional vehicles going around. So the detail in that sense is very impressive in this game. Uh, I, I would very much like to, and I probably will continue playing it once I get one of the modern systems. And I, I'd like to see how much more the extra draw distances and the ray tracing would help this game which I think probably would, especially in terms of draw distance. Gameplay-wise, the, the main thing about the game I'll get into first is the ability to play as anyone anywhere in the game. You, and they really, Ubisoft and the Watch Dogs team, really did make good on that promise. You can absolutely recruit anyone you see on the street. It may take you some time, um, they might like not like DeadSec, who is the hacker group that you work for in the game. Uh, but if you win them over by doing their missions or finding out more about them and freeing relatives or friends of theirs and going back to them, trying to recruit them, you can have them work for you and play as these characters. Each character has their own job, their own likes or dislikes or perks or even drawbacks to them uh up to and including spontaneous death which i think is uh pretty funny uh, i have not yet recruited someone with spontaneous death i'd like to see what happens but on the other hand i think it would be a little annoying and uh, these characters can be you know they're all adults but they can be younger adults all the way up to you know geriatric age and while it was funny in the trailers and stuff watching Somebody play as the uh, the old granny who used to be a spy, you know, climbing over stuff and taking people out. When you're actually playing the game, most of the time these people can't, uh, the older folks can't run or climb that great. So they become very slow and it's very tough to play the game. Not just in terms of running from fights, but from just getting from point A to point B takes so long that although that's realistic in a game world is not that fun. So that quickly wore off on me. But in terms of being able to play every character, they're all voiced by different actors. There's so many different voice actors and actresses who play the different roles, and they all play them with distinct different British dialects, which is cool, or even dialects from multiple nationalities. So I got, you know, I've gotten people that have more Indian accents, Caribbean accents. Uh, I, I don't think I've played as anybody with an American accent, and there are some Middle Eastern accents in there as well. So that kind of keeps the game fresh and interesting. And all these characters have their own personality. So it's nice when they talk to characters and they're not one note. But I do feel like there is this detachment from the main story by not having a main character. By not having a central person who has their own kind of story arc. Although every character has a mission to kind of get them at issues. They don't always seem to meld with what their profession is or what you've read about them as you recruit them. So I can recruit a spy and then he'll have me go on a mission to figure out what's going on at his tech department job where, you know, his, his job is being outsourced by an AI. So it doesn't always blend that way, but it is really cool to be able to get all these different professions and different outfits and different personalities 
And the one unifying force I feel, and this kind of gets into gameplay uh, story, but I feel because I'm talking without a co-host here, I'll blend them a little bit. The thing that saves the lack of a one central hero is the character of Bagley, who's an AI who is in your ear for all your characters. And he is working uh, for DeadSec or with DeadSec. I mean, he's a super powerful AI who Sabine, who is the head of DeadSec London in this game, has kind of created or taken a form of and this bagley helps you out uh he's very sarcastic he's quick-witted he his dialogue is very fun and he kind of guides you he's kind of the jarvis of the game but with more personality than jarvis so he's he's a he's a shining light in the game Uh, obviously some of your characters will have a good line here or there but bagley is really the heart and soul of the game in terms of his thoughts and voice acting and and knowing that he is the supercomputer elite that he should be taking over the world kind of a thing but he doesn't because he's just a good dude and i kind of like that about his character so it is it is still very impressive to recruit the people i would say i wasn't expecting it to take so long to recruit some people once you find somebody that you like the normal way about going about it is you scan them if they are friends of DeadSec, or at least don't hate DeadSec, you can start a recruitment mission where you do something for them and they join you in return. And these missions are actually quite long. They're actually about the length of some story missions. And some of them have multiple parts that have you go from point A to point B across the city. So I wasn't expecting that. So sometimes, you know, if you get wrapped up in it, you're just kind of like, I, I can't do any more character missions. It does take a little while to get a full roster. The other way you can do it is by saving different recruits to your side for later you can always come back to them and sometimes if you find their family members you can scan them and see their bio and they'll have friends cousins brothers wives fathers mothers and if you save them from albion police or the albion military kind of operation they've got going on or even clan kelly who's this mob gang that albion works for they will join your side just for helping save their family members so that's one way you can also get them on your side. That also works when you have people that don't like you. You might see a little red hand go going down if they don't like DeadSec. So it'll take a little bit more work to get them on your side. Maybe you'll have to save their family member and then do a mission for them. Or have saved, if they have five, three members of their family listed, you've saved all three or something. Uh, another way opposite that is if you accidentally run over people in the street, punch people, miss a shot. Uh, if people see you attack people randomly, they're going to have a bad opinion about DeadSec. And that's going to cause your rating to go down and them having a downward thumb. And then you're going to have to work harder to try to get them on your side. Uh, the same happens. I failed. I've only done it once, but I failed one mission for one of my recruits. And he went from almost joining me to having a red thumbs down arrow. And I had to work a little harder to get him to my side. Once you have your characters, you can obviously customize them. There are a bunch of different outfits and clothing shops all over London from different shops with just tourist gear, just, you know, the Union Jack all over the place, shorts, jeans, boots, jacket, shirts to like high end uh, sports gear and just nice, you know, suits. And, you know, you can be basically a Kingsman or a James Bond type character. And these all cost ETO, which you find throughout the world or by completing missions. And you can really customize your character look exact any of the way you want. And there are no such things in this game as male or female clothing. Any character can wear any clothes 
whatsoever, which I think is a very inclusive thing that they added to it. And also helps to make your characters kind of really stand out and be more badass and punky because that kind of works with the punk style is wearing like different combination of clothing. In terms of actual gameplay, walking, running, driving, it all feels okay. Uh, it's not the same as the Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption controls. That kind of threw me off at first, but you quickly get used to it. It all feels pretty good, but not great. You know, shooting feels okay. Driving feels okay. A little arcadey, a little loose, which I kind of like. But I would say when I started the game, I had a lower opinion of it, which you kind of heard in the last episode. You heard me say it's okay, you know, all that kind of stuff. As I've put more hours, what you get out of this game is really what you put into this game. So if you want to play it just as a running gun, Grand Theft Auto type game, I don't think you're going to get a great experience out of it. This game is an open world stealth game, kind of, which the other Watch Dogs were to a degree, I guess. Uh, I only played Watch Dogs 1. I was not a huge fan. So although Watch Dogs 2 looked promising and I've heard good things and I actually own it and I just haven't got a chance, I haven't gone to play it yet. Uh, Watch Dogs 3 is definitely that way. It's it's a stealth action open world game. You get more out of it by using your hacking abilities and your stealth abilities than you were just running and gunning. That being said, there are times when if you get caught in a situation trying to stealth or trying to be a hacker, if you can kind of combine those into, into one per kind of play style, it's a lot of fun as well. So the great parts about this game are there are drones everywhere, which we all know is coming in the future anyway. And this game does take place in the near future. Uh, and there are spider robots, which are really fun to play as. And there are some great little, I don't know about puzzle, little platforming elements that you would do with your robot spiders uh, that I really enjoy playing. And being able to control the drones, different drones, riding and flying with drones is all a whole lot of fun in this game. And there are different drones for different purposes as well. Uh, what I really like seeing is looking up in the London sky and you see drones carrying parcels and it's essentially Amazon. Uh, this game's version of Amazon traveling, carrying the parcels back and forth. And you just, there's already, that's already starting. So I like a lot of the stuff where it looks like, hey, this is, this is coming. A lot of the cars are self-driving or electric. And I think that's kind of cool. But all those kind of moments of, of that future technology and using that future technology is where the fun of the game comes. The game also allows you to be lethal or non-lethal. Uh, it doesn't seem to have any kind of overarching meaning. Uh, they do tell you at the beginning of the game, it'll affect how people see you. I think they're referring to the people in the street when they get the red dead sec down arrows. It doesn't seem to affect the overarching story at all. But I did. I do approach the game from more of a non-lethal standpoint. I think it's fun to use. You've got a stun gun that's actually pretty powerful, a stun shotgun and a stun machine gun and grenade launcher. So you can use those or just regular takedowns. Or if you have a police officer arrests, that can really, I think, make the game a little bit more fun, a little bit more interesting to try to see how well you can do it being non-lethal. Uh, that being said, I have killed some people. There have been a couple of accidental explosions. There was a crowbar fight near a gas tank that I somehow survived and incinerated the other person. I got a spy character and I tested out the missiles on my spy car and blew up a police, uh, an Albion uh, officer's car. Again, Albion are the bad guys. And um, there was a lady holding a bunch of deportees 
complete darkness and squalor and basically starving them to death. So for her, I did take out my silenced pistol and, and killed her. Uh, but for the most part, I'm playing the game as non-lethal as I can because it's a lot of fun. It's it's more interesting that way. And there are a lot of tools at your disposal. You can hack people. You can cloak yourself. Uh, any security camera that you can hack and try to look around the world. If you see yourself, you're all pixelated. So it'll never pick you up. You know, fooling checkpoints. I actually recruited a human statue as well at one point off the streets. So he's... Uh, you know, when he's all gold, he looks like a golden astronaut. And if you commit a crime and people are coming after you, you can actually use your robot stance and just freeze. And when the people are driving by, they won't see you or pay attention to you and kind of drive by, which is a whole is, is pretty funny. I, I kind of like that a lot. The missions are more fun than I think driving around the open world are, but you can always find buildings that have tech points when tech points unlock a lot of different hacking skills like taking over turrets or the larger more powerful drones or having taking more hit points or being able to cloak dead bodies so no one can find them or you know hacking a certain type of explosive or hacking this little implant that everybody has that allows them to hear Bagley or interact with the world and stuff like that they all have this little implant near their ear and you can overload it and kind of electrocute people with it as one of the hacks and these are earned by tech points, which you get by completing missions or finding them around the world. And sometimes you have to, you know, do little mazes with your spider bots or climb a drone or infiltrate a, uh, some enemy territory. But a lot of the times when you find those on the map, the enemy territory is actually a mission later on. So there have been a few in instances of me going through a building, finding a, a hacking puzzle or two and going through and sneaking through stealth wise or going this big battle. Uh, just to think I'm I'm going to unlock some big thing and nothing happens only to find out a little while later that a mission is causing me to go into this place and do this mission. Uh, and now that button works because it is part of something I had to do. And I had already spent, you know, 35, 40 minutes trying to infiltrate this place. I think that's a problem with a lot of open world games, though, uh, that have, you know, buildings and dungeons and stuff that you can enter. It is they want to lock you out of being able to do certain things until you've done other things. But in terms of this game, if I've infiltrated a building and I'm hacking their computers and it's this, this nexus point of all this information about people disappearing and being taken to these internment camps or shipped away to different countries, I've found that out by hacking. I shouldn't have to find that out through a story to get there and then find that out. I've already found it out. So that's why sometimes I like open world games like Breath of the Wild where, or even Fallout, where if you hit, reach the end, good for you, you did it. You've completed that section a little quicker. Uh, I know it might mess with your story and have you need the story department to kind of work out how that can keep the story going, even though you've beat a part that they didn't mean for you to beat earlier. But I don't think in a game like that, that's too, too difficult. Um... I haven't noticed any game-breaking story elements that I've learned and been able to enter. Most of the places I've entered that are very important to the story don't load until you need to be there. That's just a small gripe, though. There are other things to do in the world as well. There's little mini-games. There's soccer balls. There's darts. Uh, there's drinking you can do, which makes some characters harder to hit or, or get, you know, take more damage or give more damage, depending on, on how they drink 
at a pub, which is is very English. So is the soccer ball and the darts. Uh, all the radio stations. The music in this game is very good. A lot of the radio stations are all uh, more modern English artists uh, and different varieties and different genres. But the music soundtrack is really good, and there are a lot of good songs that I like to listen to on the uh, on the car radio. I don't find myself skipping very often, whereas in Grand Theft Auto, other than maybe Vice City, every 10 songs you get one good song or you know, you get an overplayed song that you want to skip because you hear it too much. In this, they're all, some of them are, are songs you've definitely heard on the radio or at the bar, but not maybe to the extent of uh, some other games. And a lot of them are more original tracks that maybe are popular in England right now and not so much you know across the pond or even brand new artists that you're going to start to hear as it goes. But the soundtrack is very, very good. There are territories and every territory you have to increase the, the resistance kind of of its people. And to do this, there are, I believe five or six activities per district where you to complete, uh, that range from taking pictures of some, um, plans that Albion has, you know, some bad plans, uh, taking out a, a very important person of theirs, a VIP target. You can take them out non-lethally. It counts as long as they're, you know, off the board kind of. You can sabotage systems. You can change some of their graffiti or their billboards to be dead sec billboards or just erase them completely. Albion has put a lot of their own uh, digital graffiti on top of famous monuments like Big Ben or Buckingham Palace. And you can go in and just turn it off and make it the actual building again without seeing all the Albion crap. And people will start to appreciate that and see DeadSec for exposing Albion's hypocrisy. So those missions are actually quite, quite a lot of fun. Uh, and after you defeat all six you get one final mission that's a little bit more of an actual story mission that's a little bit longer. And when you complete that, you usually unlock a special character type per zone. Uh, for instance, there is the drone expert who can summon their own drone, a spy, like I said before, and they get a spy car that can cloak and has missiles. They're better at fighting and have a silenced pistol. There's the beekeeper who has sends out a bunch of uh, bees, digital bees, which is a lot of fun. And a hitman. And the anarchist, yeah, I got an anarchist as well, just from playing the game, as well as the unlocked one. And I actually play as them a lot because they have, the anarchist I have has a good set of gadgets. I will say that depending on the recruit you used to have, even if you unlock gadgets, the complete set of what the character is good at, the gadgets they use naturally, plus the equipped gadget plus their weapon set is all going to be based on who you have on your team and who you bring in to play as at the time. You can't customize that as much, which really makes you focus on getting different characters. And I will say that's something I like about the game as well, is sometimes I have a tendency to, in, in games that are similar in terms of have multiple characters, I'll focus on one character and be like, that's my main, um, and only play as them really, which kind of makes me miss out on a lot of other parts of the game. But this game really forces you to go, mm, I think I really want to be, you know, Mary, the construction worker, so she can call down a drone here because I don't want to go through this whole thing sneaking in as the Albion police officer when I just have to go to the 
the roof or I don't want to be the anarchist or my ex-military counterfeit bill guy because they're just going to run and gun throughout the whole thing. It'd just be easier to sneak onto the roof and come on back down. And you can play the game where your recruits get killed and they don't come back. I pushed out and chose the one where they don't. However, no matter which time you play, your character can get arrested or taken out. If they're killed, they go to a hospital, so it takes some time to come back. And if they're arrested, it still takes some time to come back. So you have, you're forced to choose other characters while they're incarcerated or in the hospital. And what I also really like is there are passive abilities from other characters you recruit. Some are lawyers, some are paramedics. So if you have a paramedic, you know, you have a chance of your hospitalized characters coming back quicker or a lawyer, you have a chance or a barrister, you have your chance of some of your incarcerated characters coming back quicker. On top of that, there are fashion designers and that'll have clothing discounts and gamblers that'll gamble your ETO. So some of them can make you more. Some of them can make you less. Some of them have the hiccups as well, um, which is interesting. But they all have like different perks and jobs that can actually affect how you play the play the game, which is nice. And different outfits will get you into different places. Hospital gear will obviously get you into hospitals, construction gear, construction sites. If you're an Albion worker, you can walk on to a uh, restricted area. But you're going to have to keep your distance from the officers who know you're not supposed to be there um, and not, you know, act a fool and run around and stuff, which is kind of fun. The story of the game, like I said before, not having a main character kind of makes the story, I would say makes you a little more detached from the story, but it doesn't ruin the story in any kind of way. Because if you bought Watch Dogs Legion, you more than likely know what you were getting into in terms of that. But the story is is very timely as if you hit, you know, obviously you're hitting us over the head with a giant frying pan uh, with themes of fascism and big brother and you know overreach of of private government and overreach of our our privacy as well as hacking and electronic currency and all that uh this is a london where electronic currency or cryptocurrency has kind of overtaken the british pound um so it's a little bit of a recession i guess it's it's not a great time in london there's been a lot of anti-immigrant policies and, and hatred, which is very similar to our world right now. And, and a lot of growing discomfort with the world. And this group called Albion, which is like a paramilitary organization, has been trying to get a, a hold of London, have been trying to get London to hire them to take control of the situation, basically take over the government. And, you know, the parliament had been resisting. At the beginning of the game, DedSec is going to stop Albion from causing a, a whole bunch of bombs from detonating all over London. And they think they did it. And all of a sudden, another character comes into play and says, I'm Zero Day. I'm a terrorist organization. We're going to blow everything up. And they do blow up all the sites in London you thought you saved and basically make put DedSec evidence everywhere. So DedSec is now considered a terrorist organization, not just a hacktivist group. In the wake of all these bombings, anti-immigrant sentiment grows further. They shut down. Albion moves in, takes over the government, and basically creates a fascist totalitarian regime. It's, it's very 1984 up in there. So as 
DedSec tries to recover itself. They start to recruit random people with Bagley at their side and trying to restore London and stop this hatred both toward DedSec and start hatred toward Albion for taking away their rights and try to prove that Zero Day was behind the bombings and not DedSec, whoever Zero Day are. While you play the game, not only are you fighting Albion, but Albion, Albion is working for a mafia gang basically called Clan Kelly, which is a very English, if you've seen Peaky Blinders, it's a very Peaky Blinders type name. Um, I'm not sure if they're based on a real gang or not. And they've been kind of gaining territory and Albion has kind of been allowing it because they do a whole bunch of shady stuff, uh, including organ removal and selling, black market organ selling, which is kind of gross. So those are the kind of things that you kind of are investigating and gathering evidence for, as well as against a group called SIRS, which is essentially like a, a surveillance group as well within the, this new London government. And you work with, you know, you recruit your random people in the streets, but also the story might require you to recruit certain types of people as well. So you've got doctors, lawyers, ex-police officers who have all mostly been fired after Albion took over. Um, Barristers, parliament members, spies, hitmen, garbage men, uh, you can, you know, homeless people, everybody working against Albion to try to take back their city. And you can tell even before you start working at making DedSec a, a less hated name that Albion is not well liked in the city of London, um, but they maintain their totalitarian control. And man, are they bad. So it feels really good to kind of stop them. And I think the game does a very good job of a making us hate these people, but trying to tell a story without a main character, which is pretty cool. I mean, you've got Sabine talking in the background, but you never really get to meet, you never really meet up with her because you're all these different characters. You got Bagley talking as the AI, but your main character basically is DedSec. The organization is your character. And you'll have conversations with all these other recruits. You're the pe random people you recruited will talk to each other in these different sequences as well, which is kind of cool and, and really helps to flesh out the world that you're living in. And there's so many little details. I will say we mentioned before that uh, in the last episode, there are a lot of audio logs and text logs and computer logs that you can read if you're really interested in more about the backstory of the game. But I find them incredibly long and there are just so many of them um, that require you to really stop the game and read them and I think I would prefer more of them to be audio logs because some of the audio logs that play later on in the game you can listen to and still play the game which makes it a little bit more passive instead of you know having to stop the game and read up on some things that just kind of add a little flavor and don't really enhance the story at all. So I think I've talked enough about this game. I, I really like this game. This is definitely, again, I didn't play two, uh, but compared to one, this is far and away much better of a main game than Watch Dogs 1. The one thing I, I'd like this game to have that it doesn't have right now is the cell phone games that you could play, uh, the AR games that you could play with Aiden, I believe his name was, in Watch Dogs 1 were really fun and weird, and you don't have any of this in Legion. There is a multiplayer mode coming out soon for Legion, um, or at least Ubisoft says so, or Ubisoft. I don't know what it's going to be, um, but I think that teaming up with a friend to take on some new challenges in Watch Dogs Legion would be a lot of fun. 
but I think the game isn't terribly difficult. So I don't know if playing the main game with a friend would just make it too easy. But either way, causing some hacker havoc in, in England would be a lot of fun. I mean, I just have a lot of fun just randomly having police cars chase me only to hack them and drive them backwards into a wall or left or right or, or just go forward into, a, into another wall is a lot of fun, just messing with stuff. So my opinion of the game has definitely increased the more I play it, but you do have to put some time into the game to get to a point where it does get good. Um, once you really get your hacking abilities, once you've recruited, you know, f- four or five people, I would say that's about the sweet spot to where you start to really get some pleasure out of the game. And if you're only going into the game to wreak havoc, it does get slow pretty quick. It's not like Grand Theft Auto trying to get a five star rating. You really have to play the game, try to do the missions um, as the best hacker you can or want to be, however you want to play as. And I think that's where you'll get the most enjoyment out of the game. I definitely enjoy it. I don't regret my purchase at all. Uh, Is it the greatest open world game I've ever played? No, but it is very, very good. It is pretty much exactly what I was uh, hoping and expecting it to be. So I'll definitely be playing it a little bit more. Uh, Next week, you can look for me and Alex to join up again to do our review of Phasmophobia. Hopefully it'll be a good time. Uh, We haven't heard him on the show in a while. And it's been a while since we reviewed a uh, computer game. So that'll be a fun one. And it's an indie game, which is nice. So next week, Phasmophobia. Hopefully you enjoyed my post-game on Watch Dogs Legion, doing it solo. It's a little weird. I don't think we'll have Dave back for a post-game until after Christmas. We might be able to get him on for a news episode or two. I'll probably have one more post-game on Valhalla before the new year and then just a bunch of maybe little uh little snippets or combined thoughts on different games but for now for two player bros i'm mike butler stay safe and keep on gaming